Hey everybody, and welcome to episode number 16 at The Messy Table, where life is not always perfect, but God is always at work. I'm your host, Jen Jewell, and my goal here is simply to use real life and real women to point us back to our very real God. All right, you know that feeling at the end of the day, when you wipe off your makeup and put on your favorite sweatpants. I love that feeling. Nothing's fancy or formal, but it's you at your core, you without the fuss. In the very profound words of a brilliant doctor named Dr. Seuss, there is no one alive who is youer than you. It's a little cheesy, yes, but it's true. We are all uniquely created by God. But even within that diversity, there are also some similarities. And today's conversation is all about that. It's rooted in identity, where we usually find ourselves asking some foundational questions like, who am I? And if there is a God, who is he? This topic actually made me think about my nanny, my grandmother, who graduated to heaven a little over a year ago. Right before she passed away, I was sitting next to her bed at the nursing home, holding her skinny little hand, and I just wanted her to hear me say thank you for loving God and following him for a lifetime. But you know what her response was to me? She kind of smiled and nodded and said in a croaky voice, I wish I could have done more. What she didn't see at that moment was, it was not about what she did. It was about who she was. I watched her relationship with Christ. I saw her faith. I actually prayed to accept Jesus with my nanny on the floor of her old house. Galatians 3, 26 through 29 says, For you are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. That's a really big statement, what God promised Abraham in the Old Testament, and telling us that we have those same rights. So we're going to talk all about identity. You guys, my guest today is young but fierce, passionate, and wise beyond her years. Ellie Berry is a talented wedding photographer by day, but she's leaning into God's purpose for her life not just in what she does, but in who she is. We were actually just chatting in our lobby at Church Life Church, and I felt compelled that we needed to have her voice here at the messy table. So whether you're young or old, this topic is a timeless truth. As you listen to her story, remember, this is your story too. Hi, Ellie. Hi. Thank you for coming and hanging out today. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. Well, I'm glad that you're here. It's raining on the day mm-hmm. that we're recording, and mm-hmm. I, my husband and I actually went with our kids to see you at the poll this morning Love at their that. school, and I was wishing that I had brought an umbrella yeah. because it wasn't <laughs> rainy when we left, and then yeah. it was rainy when we got there. So I know. We prayed for fall weather, and we got it, but then we got the rain as well. So yeah, it's part of it. <laughs> yep. Well, real quick, will you just kind of introduce yourself and tell everybody about your world? Yes. So my name is Ellie. I'm 23 years old. I am a wedding photographer. I've been a wedding photographer for five years now. Um, And I actually am new to Tulsa. So uh, I moved here 16 months ago. Whenever I say that, I feel like I'm a mom who has a toddler, you know, like (laughs) she's 17 and a half months and you're like, the worst is when they're like, you know, she's 60, however many months and you're like, Oh geez, I don't. Yeah, exactly. That's too much math for this early in the morning. Oh yeah. Forever. Yeah. Forever. Math is not good. (laughs) Exactly. So yeah, I've been here for, um, about a year and a half and it's been amazing. So I grew up on the East coast and, 
um, moved here because God told me I was going to move to Oklahoma one day, um, my senior year of high school. And when you say he told you, yeah, how did this happen? Yep. So I was outside of a friend's house in Oklahoma, in Guthrie, Oklahoma, which is about an hour and a half. Okay, so you had come here to visit. Yeah, somebody. so I had visited a friend here in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, that was another random connection. That was totally God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was outside of their house and just kind of that voice that's not a voice. Mm-hmm. You just hear in your head, um, you're going to live here someday. And I was just like, what is happening? Like I had never even considered moving away from home or Maryland where I'm from. Um, but just knew that it was God and that I was going to live in Oklahoma someday. So that was six years ago in November Mm -hmm. and just waited and prayed on God to fulfill that promise to me. And last May I moved here and here we are. I love how you're waiting on God to fulfill that promise when I... I love Oklahoma. It's awesome. But I'm like, there's no mountains here. There's no ocean. Oh my gosh. My friends are always like, so why Oklahoma of Mm -hmm. all, all the places in the world that Mm -hmm. you could move to? Um, And that is just a huge God thing. That's all I can Mm -hmm. say. It's just the only reason, I mean, I knew one person here Mm -hmm. in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so God just had something for me here. So that's a huge part of my story. Um, I, yeah, photography is fun. It's not my everything though, mm-hmm. which is something that, um, I think we're going to touch on You're a little great bit later, at it, but thank you. You have a very successful photography thank business you. Yeah, for just a 23 year old. I was telling you thank that you. I think you're wise beyond your years. And thank you. If someone is much. talking to you, I don't think they would think that you're only 23. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Young, but fierce. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's what I love to hear. Um, yeah, actually I started my business when I was 13. Um, a lot of people don't know that. Look at you. Um, my parents were awesome and they were just like, yeah, that sounds great will support you and uh so yeah I did that throughout high school and then went full-time after I graduated ah, high school that's so cool yeah thank you so thank what's you. something that most people don't know about you oh I lip sync a lot in my kitchen just <laughs> by myself just that's how I de-stress honestly mm-hmm. just like I think um it's an activity that gets me distracted for a little bit yeah. and it's fun I don't know it's just really random but I love it yeah yeah that's awesome yeah so you're a successful photographer, but you say that it's just, it's not your everything. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit more about that. Right. So having done photography since I was 13, mm-hmm. um, I cannot remember a time without photography, which is awesome. And it's a huge blessing, but, um, it became, it became my everything at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, I just lived and breathed being a photographer. It was what I found my identity in. It was just what people knew me as. I was the girl with the camera. Um, I was the girl that photographed my, almost my entire senior class. I was homeschooled. And so that's not very impressive, but you know, just everyone knew that I was a photographer. And so about two years ago, um, I was just working myself to the ground with, um, trying to book more weddings, trying to do more, comparing myself to others constantly and just being, um, burned out to a mm-hmm. point where I actually ended up in the hospital with a panic attack. Um, and if there's ever a time to have a come to Jesus moment, it's in the hospital mm-hmm. after having a panic attack. No kidding. Um, and so just realizing in that moment that something needed to change and mm-hmm. that God was just pulling on my heart and wanted better for me, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was kind of the turning point for me and realizing that I'm not a photographer first. Um, it's not my entire identity and ultimately photography will go away. Um, and you can fill in the blank with anything, mm-hmm. uh, any, a relationship, 
a job, um, a hat that you wear, it will eventually fade. Mm -hmm. But I needed to find something that was more concrete and that was going to sustain me Mm -hmm. um, and that I could put my entire identity in. So that was a huge, huge, scary moment in my life where God just like struck me with lightning. I was mm-hmm. like, this needs to change. So mm, sometimes yeah. we need that though. Yeah. Well, and in our society that we live in, if we're honest, mm-hmm. I mean, that is, that's kind of it. Like it's mm-hmm. all about, well, what do you do? That's the first question that we usually right. ask people yeah. after an introduction is what do you do? Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Our jobs, um, are huge ministry opportunities, especially as followers of Jesus. But I think, it is so true, especially I grew up 30 minutes north of Washington, D.C., and so that is literally the city of agenda mm-hmm. and of where you fit in, how much money you're making, who you know, um, right. what you know. And so growing up in that culture just very much solidified that my job was my everything, and my mm-hmm. job was what kind of made me who I was. And so, so what are some other identities? Well, I think, you know, your job... Um, how many followers of Insta- on Instagram you have, what clothes you wear, right. um, what friends you know, mm-hmm. um, the job that you don't like, the school that you don't necessarily want to go to, or mm-hmm. the school that you are so pumped you got into. Um, is there anything that defines you as a person or could define you as a person can become an identity. Right. Um, wife and mom is like that typical, you know... I mean, I want to be a wife and a mom one day too, so it's not that it's a bad thing, but no. there are so many things that can define who right. you are. Well, a lot of the roles are necessary. I mean, mm-hmm. God put us here, you know, he designed this world to be lived yeah. in. So we're going to yeah. play that out in a lot of different ways For and sure. a lot of different giftings and different skills. Mm-hmm. And that's a great thing. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah. But if I say, you know, if I put motherhood on a pedestal and say right. that's who I am, well, then when my kids yeah. grow up and you know, leave the nest, then a lot, and that happens where a lot of moms can be just Mm -hmm. crushed and we -hmm. really have to come back to where our identity is founded. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, any worldly identity, any role that God gives us, which are good. I love that you said, you know, our identities that God has like called us to be are good here on earth, but they're going to end. Seasons are going to end. And so where do we go from there? Right. That's a good, that's good. And just the reminder that we are, you know, the, the cheesy little statement of that we are human beings, not human doings, but it's really true. Right. And sometimes we forget. Yeah, for sure. I know I sometimes need the reminder just that I am not defined by what I do, mm-hmm. but who I am. And so really at our core, that's the real question. Yeah. Um, and I love John 1, 12 through 13. It says, To who all who believed in Jesus and accepted him, he gave them the right to become children of God. Yeah. They are reborn not with physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but from a birth that comes from God. And so really for me, I think... At my core, my identity is that I'm God's. I'm a child of God. It's like with my kids. They aren't mine because of what they do. They're not mine because of if they're bad or good or if Mm -hmm. they follow the rules or don't. I mean, they're just mine. And they have rights as my children simply because of who they are. And Mm -hmm. it's the same thing with us. But I know I can struggle to actually believe that sometimes. Totally. You know? Yeah. And I love that, that God... Us as children of God, that's placed on us. I heard that recently. It's like, it's that identity is placed on us by God. We don't have to work for it. We don't have to um, strive to be that. Mm-hmm. We don't have to maintain our identity as right. children of God. Like we are that. 
um, because God has just made it so, which right. is just so cool. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yep. And for those now, I think there is a distinction between obviously God created all people, yes. but we do have to, our one role that we have to do is believe in him or mm-hmm. accept him. Mm-hmm. And, um, that is what gives us the right to become yeah. adopted as children of God. Yes. So. No, that's good. Self-awareness, I think, to everything. We talk about how that's key. Mm-hmm. You know, we're obsessed with the Myers-Briggs test and the, oh, yes. what's it called? The, the Enneagram? Yes. I haven't done that one. Yeah. But oh, I want, so cool. I need to. Or strengths yeah. finders. Um, uh-huh. But it really comes down, I think, to the most fundamental questions of really, who am I? Yeah. And if there is a creator, who is he? Who is yeah. God? Yeah. For sure. And that's something that I had to ask myself. Um after that hospital visit mm-hmm. was who am I mm-hmm. and what does God say about me? Who is God? What is my purpose here on earth? Just these basic questions that we all want to know the answers to, you know, mm-hmm. we all want to know that we matter and that we have meaning and, and that we're here for a reason. And, and so those fundamental questions were what I had to ask myself just as I was figuring out what my real purpose was. If mm-hmm. it wasn't photography, what was it? Um, and, and just the way the Lord showed up and that was so cool. And just, he's faithful to remind us of who we are Mm -hmm. in him. And so, uh, yeah, just, just learning that and, and retraining my mind to believe truth. Oh, I think every day, every day, all day, every day. And that's why we have to renew our mind every Mm -hmm. single day because Mm -hmm. I forget. Oh, me too. It's like, I have, you know. Short-term, long-term, all the term, memory loss. (laughs) All the terms. All of it. Yeah, I literally have to put it... I have just Bible verses on my fridge, by my oven, Mm -hmm. by my sink, on my mirror, like in my car, on my phone. Because Not because I'm like... I mean, I I love the Word of God, obviously. Mm -hmm. But it's because I look at it and then I turn around and like five seconds later, I'm believing a lie about myself. Exactly. So we just need to be constantly reminded of Mm -hmm. who we are in Christ. We have a real enemy, but I think that's why Jesus says... Mm -hmm. Or we, when he prayed, give me this day my daily bread. It's because... Because yeah. we need him daily, yes, every single day, every single moment. It's not just, you know, on Sunday or right. You know, a few times a year. Right. I mean, daily. We were honestly designed mm-hmm. to have to need him at all times and to remember who we are. For sure. I mean, we were created by him to ultimately worship him. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking about Adam and Eve in the garden, and when they were created. They were just created to enjoy God, mm-hmm. you know, and and then sin came into the world and, and messed everything up, and God literally sent Jesus to die and, and rise again so that we could be reunited with Him and that we could enjoy Him and His presence again. And so that's Preach a daily it. thing. Like, Preach that's it. just, mm-hmm. we get to enjoy God. We get to have a relationship with Him, and that's part of our purpose and our mm-hmm. identity, so... We are reading in our life group right now a book by Neil Anderson called Victory Over the Darkness. He also wrote Bondage Breaker. And I think a lot of the time we can recommend these books to someone who's maybe trapped in sin or going through a hard time. And it's great for that, Victory Over the Darkness. Absolutely. But it's honestly at its core, it's all about identity as well. Because um, unless we are grasping who we are in Christ, mm-hmm. then we're missing a huge chunk out of, yeah. of out of who we are. Amen. But So in this book, I'm going to read a little section that I think is good. It says, being a Christian is not just a matter of getting something. It's a matter of being someone. A Christian is not simply a person who is forgiven and goes to heaven. A Christian in terms of his or her deepest identity is a saint, a spiritually born child of God, a divine masterpiece, a child of light, a citizen of heaven. Being born again transformed you into someone who didn't exist before. Mm -hmm. What you receive as a Christian isn't the point. It's who you are. 
It's not what you do as a Christian that determines who you are. It is who you are that determines what you do. Oh, that is really good. The whole book is so good. <laughs> that is I've so good. highlighted a million things in here. Yeah, I love that because our identity influences our purpose, even if it's from God or not, mm-hmm. right? So when, um, you know, you use motherhood as an example before, so, you know, we could put anything there. We could put singleness, we could put our job, like what we put our identity in influences what we think we're supposed to be doing right. and how we do it. Mm-hmm. And so if we don't believe truth about ourselves, which is where I was, um, if we don't know who we are in Christ, then our purpose is just going to be all out of whack because mm-hmm. it's not coming from a place of this is who I truly am and this is what I've you know, been meant to do, right? which is just, you know, I know we've talked before, you've mentioned kind of being single, which you're young, Mm -hmm. of course, Mm -hmm. but how does that play into your identity? Yeah. So I've actually never had a boyfriend, uh, never only been on a few dates in my life. I'm shocked. Yeah. (laughs) You're so sweet. You're a cat. Um, thank you. And so the other day I posted on Instagram about this, just, it was on my heart to post about singleness. And this has been a personal journey. I mean, when you start, when you open the can of worms in a sense, like everything, you just start learning a bunch of things. So when I started learning about identity, all of the, you know, aspects of that started to come out and singleness is one of them. Um, and so just realizing that in my, in our singleness, there is purpose that God created us as an individual. Mm -hmm. And I think for a long time, I mean, I grew up in church. Um, I grew up with awesome parents who had a great marriage. And so marriage was always a goal for me. And there's nothing wrong with that um, mm-hmm. at all. But it became kind of the end goal for mm-hmm. me of life. Just I'm going to be a wife and a mom and that's it, you know. Um, and God has just been pulling back the layers of that and really reminding me that the end goal of life is to know God. Mm-hmm. And the end goal of life is to grow closer to Him. And marriage is a part of that. Mm-hmm. Singleness is a part of that. And so just really digging into that and realizing that um, if I don't, pursue the purpose God has for me right now in singleness, I'm missing out on a huge part of my life. Absolutely. Um, and what and, if there's something that God wants to do through you right now while you're single that maybe he can't do through me right now while I'm have young kids because exactly it just, it, it's a, it's a fact that I can't as easily do certain things exactly. as you can right now. Exactly. And so it just became heavy on my heart to, to encourage other women with this because singleness is a hard place to be sometimes, you know. When everyone's getting married. And exactly. Dating, when all your friends. I mean, I'm in the wedding industry too. So oh, yeah. It's just you like, see it all the time. <laughs> it's just like, you know, the weekends I photograph weddings. Sometimes it's awesome and sometimes it's just like, Lord, you know I want that. You know, like you know that that's um, a desire of mine. And so just being really excited about what God wants to do in and through me right now that um, he can't necessarily do if I was in a relationship. Not that he couldn't or wouldn't, but... He's got things for me right now that I mm-hmm. get to do as part of my individual purpose. Just and knowing so, that he he chooses the timing. Yeah, and he's never late. I heard that a few years ago that he, God is never late. He's always on time. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, being single, it's just another season of life, another season mm-hmm. where we get to grow closer to God and right. we have purpose. Um, I have purpose in this season. Absolutely. Well, so so when cool. I was single, there was a verse that just jumped out at me one day when I was reading. It was in the whole little Proverbs 31 section, mm-hmm. but it says she brings him good, not harm. It's talk, She's talking about her husband mm-hmm. or it's talking about her husband. It says she brings him good, not harm all the days of her life. And, um, I still have it circled in my Bible. I've circled the word all like and that. all the days of her life wasn't from the day that she marries him and on, yeah. but wow. from 
before that, all the days of her life, setting herself up just in a relationship with God and Mm -hmm. as a woman that is not only worthy of being pursued, but just content in who she is in Christ already. And that just really stood out to me. And it kind of parallels to eternity as well. Mm -hmm. Like, I think a lot of people are waiting for heaven Mm -hmm. or waiting for eternity to start. Like, okay, you know, if the rapture could just happen right now or whatever, which I'm not going to get into a theological debate about the rapture. because, (laughs) But, um, you know, I think eternity starts now. We are in eternity right now Mm -hmm. and it's going to keep going. Mm -hmm. And so we don't wait for it to start. We're already here. Yeah. Amen. I think that when we, I mean, I've been there where it's like you just want another season to start and so you Mm -hmm. wait for that season to begin. When in reality, God is not waiting for that mm-hmm. season to begin. You know what I mean? He's not like, oh, if only like Ellie would just hurry up and get married. You know what I mean? Or like, mm-hmm. so I can start working in her heart or mm-hmm. fill in your name and fill in what you're waiting for, you know? Because we're all waiting for something. Because we're all just waiting like for something. Amy gave um, a great message the other day yeah. at our sister's event, but yes. a lot of that was on um, waiting, waiting well because Love we're that. all waiting for something. They're all, yes. There's something that we all desire yeah. that we don't have at this moment. Yeah, for sure. And part of, you know, identity and part of purpose and even part of boldness is just realizing that if we really stepped into what God had for us right now, our minds would be blown at how much he wants to do mm-hmm. when we just settle into the waiting. There's something here right now, wherever you are, mm-hmm. that God uh, wants to do because he's not waiting around. Unlike you were talking about marriage or maybe the mom who's at home with young kids mm-hmm. is kind of feeling like I was waiting for this season, but now yeah. I'm kind of ready for them to be out of diapers and I don't want to have yeah. to spoon feed someone all the time, Yeah, you know, but in just embracing your season, or maybe there's mm-hmm. a woman who wants to be a mom and mm-hmm. for whatever reason that hasn't happened yet. And just knowing that we can trust God even whenever we don't get it. Yeah. God is always good and he always comes out on top. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been thinking about that a lot, how God is not a God of confusion. God is not someone who kind of like gives us part of the puzzle and is like, ha, like you don't know what's going on and I do, you know. Trying to trick you. Yeah, he never tries to trick us. He never teases us. um, And he really does love us and he's after our hearts. Mm -hmm. I heard an illustration a while ago about um, Lazarus and how Jesus didn't show up until Lazarus had already been dead. Mm-hmm. And often I read that story growing up and was like, that's weird. Like, why didn't Jesus just come and heal him? You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't really get it. And he was actually told, Lazarus is sick, yes, come. Exactly. And he, he didn't come. He didn't come. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, that's kind of weird, you know, but I dismissed it or whatever. And it was actually Andy Stanley who gave an awesome sermon about that. And I was talking about how literally God got the most glory because Lazarus mm-hmm. was raised from the dead. If Jesus had just healed him, God would have gotten glory. It would have been good. You know, people probably would have been saved. But God got the most glory because Lazarus was raised from the dead. Mm -hmm. Um, And God is just after our hearts being close to him. And he's just getting Mm -hmm. about getting the most glory out of every situation. But there was still a death that happened there. Yeah, I mean, a a real death. Like, this Mm -hmm. isn't just some story. This is a real living, breathing body, Mm -hmm. family, friends, mourning, like grieving. And I think it's also important to notice that Jesus wept mm-hmm. with the people that were sad. He didn't just come in and be like, God's going to get the most glory, everybody. Like, I don't be this, sad. So stop crying. Yeah. Why are you crying? But he wept. And it's actually in the Bible that he was upset that people mm-hmm. were upset. And so God in our waiting is with us and he's yeah. weeping with us and rejoicing with us. 
but he also knows that there's something better coming. Right. Um, and that's why he is with us because he wants to encourage us in that. Well, I've always found it interesting, that story, that he mm-hmm. did weep knowing he was about to raise yeah, him from the dead. That. Such a good reminder to me that it, what you just said really is mm-hmm. that he's with us and he hurts with us. He doesn't mm-hmm. want us to go through this pain. Right. But because of sin, because of the fall, yeah. we do live in a world right now where there is death and there is pain and there is disease mm-hmm. and there is unmet expectations, yes, you know, yeah. but just knowing that even when he knows I can heal you, I can redeem you. And even if he knows I'm about to do it, yeah, he still hurts with us. Yes. Cause we're his children mm-hmm. going back to identity, right? Oh, like, yeah. We are his children. He loves us. And so if we believe that he is our good father, that doesn't mean he's far off. That means he's very close to us and that mm-hmm. he, he is with us. He doesn't leave us alone in those seasons right. of waiting. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. So as you're kind of wrestling through identity, what's something difficult that you found yourself going through? Well, starting with that visit to the hospital, mm-hmm. um, God was just breaking down my heart and really telling me to spend more time with him and find my identity in him. And so it's been a two year kind of like process as most things are in life. It's just a process and a journey. And so, but it kind of came to a point, um, about nine months ago when I mean, in the wedding photography industry, for those of you who are not familiar with it, you get a bunch of inquiries. So you get a bunch of emails in your inbox of people saying, hey, we want you to shoot our wedding, and maybe you book a percentage of them. And so I was just getting a ton of those. Side note real quick. Yeah. So you shoot people for a living. Yes. It's like an inside photography yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I get two kinds of like looks, like, what did you just say? And like, oh, that's hilarious. And I'm like... Okay, I need to be careful of the wording that I use. Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt. people for a living (laughs) with my camera in case anyone's on there. With my camera, okay. Yeah, so I got a bunch of these inquiries in my inbox um, this past winter, but I didn't book any of them. And that's kind of surprising, you know, when you think about it. Just the ratio of booking should be like, you're booking some of them. Um, And so I just asked God, I was like, okay, Lord, like, does this mean you don't want me to do photography anymore? Like, where is this going? What do you, what's the reason that I'm not booking weddings here in Tulsa? I'm here. I obeyed you. I'm stepped out in faith, and I'm not booking anything. And the first thing I heard was, um, and I actually never said this out loud, so this is like a, this is crazy. Um, but God said to me, like, I didn't bring you to Tulsa to be a wedding photographer. And I was like, I just felt like the inside of me just, like, crumble. I was like, but that's who I am, you know? And mm. God was like, that's not who you are. Mm. Um, and what followed was just a two month wrestling with that and a undoing of what I thought my whole identity was. And, um, just realizing that I am a follower of Christ and that I've been a people pleaser my whole life. And so realizing that I had done so much more than I even knew, um, to put off this image of who I was and to make people like me. Um, and just realizing that my true purpose in life is to do ministry. We're all called to ministry in in some way, shape, or form in whatever role we're in. And I had never heard that phrase until I actually came to Life Church about a year ago, that we're all called to ministry. That wasn't something I had ever heard. Um, And so to me, ministry was being a missionary. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel like I was called to that. So God was just putting on my heart, you know, I have given you these gifts of leadership and encouragement, and you have been squashing them your whole life because you haven't felt um, worth confident, confident, Mm -hmm. capable, 
Um, you haven't really owned who I've made you to be, even though I could now trace back my whole life, just these little bits and pieces mm-hmm. of that coming out and how my parents just kind of encouraged that in me, but I didn't really get it for myself. And so this year has just been unreal as I've um, really taken on that identity for myself. And as I have believed that God has called me to be in women's ministry um, and just encouraging women and coming alongside them. Um, and so, but I, ha- and I had to go when you say women's ministry, you don't necessarily mean vocationally, although it could be. It could be, right. I just mean that my life is just meant to encourage people right. and my testimony is literally God crafted. And I love that. And I think that's so encouraging mm-hmm. to everyone. And that's mm-hmm. why I just wanted to point out that yes. yes, you might end up doing something vocationally in women's ministry, but right, right now you are already stepping into that mm. in just your everyday real messy life. Right. Yeah. Look at that messy table. Yeah. I think that if we, you know, part of owning our identity is owning our story. And so God has just given us what we need to do ministry right where we are. Mm-hmm. And so Instagram is a huge platform for that. For me, um, just the people that God has put in my life, I just want to reflect him to those people. And that's ministry to mm-hmm. me. Um, but if you had told me that a year ago, I would have been like, what are you talking about? I don't even understand that. You know, mm-hmm. so I had to go through that really, really, really honestly dark time of who am I and mm-hmm. who is God and what am I supposed to do with my life? And we all do. We all do. Mm-hmm. And that's sometimes where we have to be in order for God to say, this is who you are. This is what you're called to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just nine months ago. That wasn't, you know, that's mm-hmm. a daily thing that I do now. I just mm-hmm. remind myself of that and am still figuring out what that looks like in my life. So Yeah, I think of that story when Moses has his first encounter with God Mm -hmm. and he calls him to go and help, you know, deliver his people, the Israelites Mm -hmm. from Egypt. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's, I'd have to go back and look six or seven times that Mm -hmm. God calls him and Mm -hmm. he says, but God, I'm not a good speaker or call someone else. I I think you have the wrong guy. And every single time Mm -hmm. God responds with but this is who I am. He yeah. never even acknowledges that yeah. this is right or wrong about you. Yeah, you do have weaknesses. You do have strengths. But he doesn't even acknowledge it. He says, I am who I am. I that. Yeah. And I have sent you. I will be with you. Oh, and that. that's what we need mm-hmm. to remember. Yes. Yeah, it's not about us. You know what I mean? As much as we, as human beings, want to make it about us, it's about partnering with God in the work that he's doing here on mm-hmm. earth. Yep. And the fact that we... Um, as human beings, as creations of God, like we, God chooses to use us mm-hmm. in his work and, and he didn't have to do that. He could do it all himself. Right. Honestly, he could just save people and like encourage people all himself. And yet he chooses, um, to use us and the gifts that he's given us individually right. to, um, just build his church and, and that's completely optional for him. Mm-hmm. And I just love that that's part of his purpose for us is we yes. get to do that with him. So, mm-hmm. And when we partner with him, we have to remember that we're coming on the scene in the middle of the story that's been playing right. since the beginning of time. Right. And But with that, he also has a very specific calling on our life. Like there's a reason that you were yeah. put here, Ellie, mm-hmm. at this exact yeah. time in history. Yeah. There's a reason he didn't put you here 400 years ago. Exactly. It's because whatever, however he's crafted you with your unique giftings and callings Mm -hmm. and personality, Mm -hmm. he wants to use that right now in 2017 and beyond um, for his glory. And he knew that this is the perfect timing that he could do that best. That's so cool. I mean, I just love that God does that. And it reminds me of Esther, who is one of my 
favorite people in the Bible because she's so normal and so human. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in church, and so hearing the story of Esther all the time, watching the Veggie Tales version of Esther, <laughs> just think of all like the Veggie Tales weren't and, around. Like, when I, I was yeah, <laughs> I was. I grew up on Veggie Tales. It was there. You go. It was you know. So I was just heard that story a lot, and I think it kind of sugarcoated it for me of just the actuality of the story. You what know, I happening? thought Esther was this awesome girl who just obeyed God and it was, you know, great for her and easy for her. And when you really look at the story, um, she's an orphan Jew in this heathen city, mm-hmm. you know, and, and this king is looking for a new wife and Esther is chosen to be his new wife and is completely unqualified for royalty, is completely just... For one, she's Jewish. She's Jewish, and no one knows that she's <laughs> right. Jewish, you know? Um, and she is just like, what am I doing here? And so, um, I mean, for those of people who maybe don't know this story as well, it's like King has this right-hand man. His name is Haman, and he's this evil, evil guy. And Mordecai, Esther's cousin, who's raised Esther and is just um, a father-like figure to her, um, doesn't bow down to Haman and Haman gets mad at Mordecai and Haman's like, we need to kill all the Jews because mm-hmm. this guy's a Jew. And I kind of makes me laugh a little bit. Like that's the obviously next logical step to when one person doesn't bow down, we're just going to kill everybody. Right. But it just shows the evilness. It's of, also been a trend throughout history. I mean, that, yeah. It's just like, mm-hmm. that's the, the nature of sin and evil. It's so irrational and so yeah. crazy, but God redeemed this story. It's so mm-hmm. cool. Mordecai tells Esther, you need to speak up and say that you're yeah. a Jew so that you can save us as people. And Esther's like, are you crazy? Like, that's not who, like, who am I to do that? Who am I to, to stand up? If I go into the King's court, I will die, mm-hmm. you know? And so, but Mordecai, he says, I think it's Esther chapter four. He says, you know, someone else could rise up and deliver the Jews, mm-hmm. but maybe you're here for such a time as this. Right. And I love Esther cause she, um, says, okay, pray fast. We need to ask for the mercy of God. Right. Love that response. First of all. Yeah. Second of all, goes into the King's courts has favor, and then invites them to a feast. She doesn't say, hey, you need to save my people. She's like, um, come to dinner. So the king gather around the table because, you know, that's where life happens. Exactly, exactly. But then the the king and Haman come to this dinner, and she, the king's like, anything you want. And Esther's like, um, come to another feast, you know? And isn't that so often how we respond? Just Mm -hmm. like, like Moses, we just delay it. We yeah. say, oh, but like, I know this is what I'm supposed to do, but I'm afraid of what's going to happen. And finally, she tells the king they need to save um, the Jews and that she's a Jew and, and just finds favor again. And the Jews are saved because of her boldness mm-hmm. and because she was in the exact right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just all of us are called to um, own who we are and own where we are because... God doesn't make mistakes. Right. So I just love that story. Well, and I love how fierce she is mm-hmm. because right before she goes and sees the king, she basically tells Mordecai, she says, if yeah. I if I must die, then I must die. Yeah. And yeah. man, I don't want to be lukewarm for yeah. God. You know, I really yeah. don't want to. He says he hates that, that yeah. he'd rather you be hot or cold. Yeah. You know, but lukewarm is just, I mean, lukewarm coffee, let's be honest. Right. It's just, disgusting. It's not good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. 
but yet I think we're, like you said, we delay things, we're distracted by things, maybe we're caught up in sin, mm-hmm. and it's easy, or it's easy to have a lukewarm agenda. And For I, sure. I don't want that. So we yeah. have to constantly be renewing our mind, mm-hmm. be in His Word, mm-hmm. be empowered by Him, because mm-hmm. if we're on our own, then yeah. we're going to fail. We're not going to, you know, but if Christ in us mm-hmm. is really speaking, really living through us, right. then we can't imagine what he yeah. can do. It's not about us anymore at that point. It's just we are vessels for whatever God wants to do, which is so much more than we could ever ask or imagine. Um, which I is, love that story. Which is cool. Yeah. So good. So you've talked a lot to me about kind of purpose and boldness within this identity. Mm-hmm. How does that play out for you? Well, uh, this podcast is being recorded the day after I actually hosted a women's event here in Tulsa at a coffee shop, um, which basically just looked like um, gathering a bunch of women together, and I spoke about exactly what we're talking about today. And that was a huge uh, step of boldness for me. I never thought in a million years I would get up in front of people and talk, but um, I think just realizing, A, my identity, who I am in Christ, B, my purpose, that I'm called to make much of Jesus and share about Him with women, um, and then God gave me the boldness to step out and do that. And so for me, it's just, does this have a name or is it just getting people, women together? Right now it's called bold. That's okay. kind of the name I'm putting on it. I've called it so many things, but right now I've just kind of landed on bold. Um, and it's basically an initiative to bring truth and build community with mm-hmm. women. Um, and so to me, boldness is in the big and little things, stepping out and doing what God has called of me mm-hmm. and stepping out in obedience. So that could be praying for someone at the grocery store, or that could be posting on Instagram about God when I don't know how many of my followers actually know or care about God. You know, mm-hmm. um, that could be hosting a live event or recording a podcast, or, you know, it's, it's just about obedience to mm-hmm. Christ. It's about believing I am who He says I am, that I have purpose, and therefore I'm called to live that out. And that's what boldness is. Even make doesn't make any sense. I mean, you know, moving halfway across the country didn't make any sense. And yet I felt so much peace. I was like, if I don't do it, I'm going to be eaten away by guilt. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not in the right place, you know. And God was like, I have a better life for you there. And um, so just obedience to mm-hmm. Christ, whatever that looks like, is what boldness means to me. So. That's so good. We were talking about this earlier for everyone listening. We were kind of talking about just... How do we hear from God? Mm-hmm. Um, noticing those whispers, noticing that voice that's not a voice, yeah, like you were yeah. saying. And I think often it is. There's that verse, I'd have to look it up, but it's it says, who gives insight to the mind and intuition to the heart, or vice versa, mm-hmm. one of those things. Mm-hmm. And I love that because that's something practical that I can actually relate to, or I can say, okay, this random idea popped into my head. Yeah. And it's not for me. You know, I was at the gym the other day and I just felt this whisper from God that I needed to go in and talk to this girl and encourage her. And I did. And it was such a God thing. You know, she busted into tears. And I just think listening to that small voice, that little whisper, whenever you hear hear something and acting on it. For sure. And I think that I had to learn that I'm not going to hear God's voice if I don't become familiar with it. You know, so for me, a big part of the point. a big part of my journey was really digging into God's word and reading His words and being in His presence. Um, I don't know if you know, like the one word for the year type of deal. You just pick a word, or God gives you a word to kind of dwell on over the course of a year, and mm-hmm. 
this year mine was presence and just being in God's presence is a healing place and it's it shifts everything when we sit when we stay in his presence and so for me being in his presence praying listening reading God's word digging deep into God's word not just reading it at face value but Mm -hmm. digging into like crazy stuff like the original translations and what words mean and all that fun stuff like recognizing God's voice allows us to like pick it out of all the voices that we can hear during the day. So for me, when I say I hear from God, it's not like I hear this booming voice where it's like, do this. And I'm like, like, you know, um, Samuel where he hears God and and Mm -hmm. is like, your servant's listening. That's not how it is for me. It's never been that way, but it's just been maybe something comes up three times in a week and I'm like, that's weird, you know, or maybe it's just a, like a piece on my heart to do something or yeah. an idea that I have never thought of in my life yeah. that I'm just like, that makes sense to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's so many ways that people hear from God. There's not just one. So it's just learning to recognize what he sounds like mm-hmm. and realizing that we can as followers of Christ. And when we stay in his presence, we, um, we're able to recognize his voice. So. Oh man, Ellie, that's yeah. good. <laughs> It's so true. We yeah. have so many voices coming mm-hmm. at us from the enemy, um, mm-hmm. from other people, from our own flesh that mm-hmm. kind of wants to lash out against ourselves sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so I think you're exactly right. We have to be just grounded in the mm-hmm. word, knowing what his word says, because we know that's truth. You know, right. some things might pop into our head and we might be unsure of, well, how do I feel about this specific topic? Or what do I, well, right. what does the Bible say? Yeah, I love that. And I think that, I mean... As Christians, our source of life is Jesus, and we find out about Him, we learn about Him through His Word. So Mm -hmm. if we are not connected, I mean, we hear all the time, be connected to the Bible, dive into the Word of God. And I didn't really get, oh, so great about that until I really realized how healing and how how deep and wide the Word of God is. It's not like just reading it and being memorizing verses for fun and just having them in the back of your mind, just or whatever, like I'm a Christian, it's what you do, but God literally speaks to us through his word, like in, in, um, just, just realizing that that's necessary for our walk with Christ is Mm -hmm. just to be in his word and and the joy that we find from his presence is so cool. So yeah. So good. Yeah. Oh man. (sighs) That's it. That's life right there. Well, so good. I just love hearing your heart. Let's just get to a few fun questions. Yeah. What um, books, podcasts, sermons, worship music, whatever. What do you love? What would you recommend? Well, we talked about singleness earlier, um, and that's been a more recent journey for me of just figuring out that purpose and stuff. And a sermon series that has literally changed my life um, is Mike Todd of Transformation Church here in Tulsa. Um, And he actually officiated one of my friend's weddings, and that's how I heard about him. But he and his church are doing like this eight-week series on relationships and just talking about stuff that the church doesn't usually talk about. So they're on YouTube. It's just Transformation Church, Tulsa, Mike Todd. Um, There's a lot of good stuff about that. Um, I A book that has changed my view on identity is Wild and Free by Mm -hmm. Jess Connolly and Hilary Morgan. I would recommend that to any woman who is just... Wanting truth about who they are in Christ, um, mm-hmm. and that would just really shook up a lot of things for me. It's good, it's right over there on that book, yeah, bookshelf. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. And then um, I've been listening to Christine Demarco of I think she's Bethel Music, maybe she just released a worship album that is so good. Mm, that's on Spotify. It's really incredible. So yeah, there's some things that I've been like mulling over recently real good nice yeah so do you have anything that annoys you 
there's a few things. <laughs> no. Um, so I hate when people crack their knuckles. Mm. Is that weird? Yeah. The thing is that when you crack your knuckles, <laughs> I pretend like I'm cracking my knuckles so that it like my brain tricks itself into thinking that I'm doing it. What? Yeah, you look so confused. That's everyone's response. Like, when people crack their knuckles, I immediately just start doing it so that it, like, and then I'm fine. But when, it's the weirdest thing. Someone came up to me and was like, can you pop your thumb? And I was like, get away from me. <laughs> I just, like. Get behind it, me, Satan. Yeah, exactly. Do not even talk about that. Just a weird thing. Um, I think my awesome. entire family just cracked their knuckles, and I, I'm the oldest of six kids, so it was just a lot of noise. I just think I just hated it. Um, so that's one thing that I don't prefer when Cracking people do. Knuckles. Okay. Super random. That's great. Yeah. I don't know. It's just so random. So how do you rest or recharge or what do you do for fun? Photography used to be what I did for fun as well. It would be work and for fun. And so I've been trying to figure out different hobbies and ways to rest. So reading is something I'm rediscovering. I used to love to read when I was a kid. Um, and so I've been reading a lot more, um, writing, just journaling. And I just love journaling. I've been journaling for about five years now and processing all my thoughts. I'm like a verbal processor. So writing it all down is kind of like talking to someone mm-hmm. um, about it. So I do that a lot. And I love to cook. So at the end of the day, I'll often just make a meal and that like relaxes me. And I love talking with people. Honestly, mm-hmm. sometimes I'm an extrovert, so that recharges me. Me and too. I just love talking about life with people. Mm-hmm. And um, I know I'll have a lot of energy after this conversation because this is just what gets me going. So, yeah, that's that's uh, what I love to do. Yay. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So what is one thing or a word of advice that you just want to leave with everyone today? Oh, man. Um, I think that something I just wish every woman, every person knew is that God loves them and God has such good things for them. And I think that when we really step out in faith and live in that identity and live in that truth about ourselves as followers of Christ, everything makes sense. Um, So I would just encourage people to get in his word, be in his presence, live in his presence. That's what started changing the game for me is um, come back to God for your identity, for your purpose. And um, we all compare ourselves on a daily basis to other people. And um, just coming back to Him and saying, God, what do you want me to do? What is your purpose for me? And, and finding a lot of hope and peace in that. That's just what has changed my life. And that's what I, that's what I try to do every day. So that's I just said, Well, I see you living that out. So thank you. I'm proud of you. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. It was fun. A quick thank you to everyone who joined us. The conversation notes and additional information is available on my blog at gingel.com. You can subscribe there or at the messy table in iTunes where you can leave a review or comment as well. I love hearing what you think, what God is showing you personally, and how I can make this time as meaningful as possible. All right, as we go about this week, let's remember who we are, which means remembering who God is. And He is faithful, He is good, He is our Father, and He is our God. Thank you.